Welcome to We're Not Finished, a podcast presented by the studios of Key West. I'm Gwen Filosa. I'm a reporter at the Miami Herald. The studios is a leading art institution in South Florida. It's located downtown at 533 Eaton Street. For a list of events and more programming like this, go to tskw.org. Sarah Koenig, thanks for joining me. Hi. Hi. Um, I'm just going to jump right in. Extraordinary breakthrough. I mean, um, for uh, Adam Saeed's case, I mean, overturned after, uh, well, it will be, let's, we'll get into it. I mean, a reversal of of the conviction after 23 years in prison. And of course, I listened to Serial, of course, uh, but all I can think of is I can't even imagine how many cases are like this throughout this country of of people being convicted based on evidence that doesn't really add up. I mean, and I'm not talking about guilt or, or innocence. I mean, I, of course, that's uh, but I mean, the system that just can put you in prison. Um, so you talk about that now. So I will talk about that now. So. Yes, I have a lot of thoughts about that. I mean, one thing, so right, so we did, so we did that case of Anand Syed's trial and conviction, we reported in in like 2013, 2014. And then a few years later, for season three of Zero, which I don't know if you've heard, but for season three, we spent like a year and a half, almost two years in a felony courthouse in Cleveland, Ohio. In in part because we knew like okay, Adnan's case seems pretty bad. Like the the case that the evidence that convicted him, like that was the podcast, right? We came up, we came away, we came away as reporters saying this evidence does not seem strong enough to have convicted him. If I were a juror, I would have voted to acquit this guy. This just does not. If you, if you really invest, like look back at the evidence in a way that the jury at the time didn't have the opportunity to do, right? But like, if you see what the facts actually were, this just doesn't seem like it should have convicted this guy. So we were just like, uh, we knew there was more, you know, we just knew we weren't able to get into all of those, the how the entire system works in that podcast, in the first one. And that wasn't the mission at the time. In season three, it was the mission, just to be like, okay, so how does this work in a day-to-day way? Not a, not a fantastical case, not a like, hot media case or whatever, just like normal ground floor, you walk into a courthouse, you know, with a, some sort of charge, like what is going to happen to you probably. And I I mean, I I knew I'm not a dummy. Like I, I knew I'd done a fair amount of criminal justice reporting uh, in the past. I'm not a, I'm not an expert. I'm not an attorney, but like, I kind of, you know, I knew, Mm-hmm. But to see it in a day-to-day way like that, I really was like, uh, it, it, it was hard. It was hard to see. And I think the thing that, that again, I knew intellectually, I knew on paper, but then to see how that looks in real life, the, the fact that this tiny proportion of people charged with felonies actually go to trial. So I don't know what... I don't have the numbers in Maryland off the top of my head, but like, you know, some, in some States, it's like 96, 97% of cases plead out before they ever go to trial. So in that sense, Adnan's case was an outlier that he had 
a jury trial and he had a private attorney that he was paying for, you know, that his, somebody, his parents were paying for whatever they were getting help. But, but he, he had actually um, in some ways, like his case wasn't run of the mill. And so then when you realize, okay, so, so a guy who gets to trial and then has what, you know, at the time was thought of as like strong representation and still he gets convicted on shaky evidence. And so then imagine all the people who are pleading out, not necessarily because the cases are any better or the evidence is any stronger or they're eyewitnesses or they've confessed, whatever, just because the system is built it's like a shock and awe system where you are you as the defendant are overwhelmed from the moment of arrest. You're overwhelmed by the force of the government, by the size of the government, by the will of like the whole system is built. It's just it is not an even adversarial system. We all know this. But I, I think just to like, I don't know if I'm answering your question at all, but I think that was like the big thing of, of season three for me was just like watching people plead, 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 plead all day long. And knowing if anyone took the time or had the money or the energy to look, to really look at these cases, I don't even know what the numbers would be in terms of convictions. Like, do they cut in half? Do they cut, are they down by 75%? And again, that's not to say those people are, didn't do it. Correct. I'm just saying that the system does, it isn't fair. It isn't fair. And we, we all know this. So yes, like, and again, I, I, I think I said this to somebody, but like, I, I didn't get it into the story. I did a little update on the Adansaid case when he, when he, his conviction was vacated and his lawyer was just like her message was very much like Adnan's not alone he's not alone he is not alone like this is like he he's gotten a ton of attention and resources to his case and that's wonderful but like he's like the tip of a giant you know pyramid and again I wasn't uh, I want to be clear because I, I covered uh criminal courts in New Orleans for 10 years and, it, yeah. and I once I, I mean I watched a, a, a young man hit a five hour long murder trial where the defense attorney didn't do an opening, didn't do it. And I went up to him after I was like, he didn't do an opening. He's like, oh, I'd have to prove it. And, 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 and life, life in prison. And, and again, I mean, I was living in new Orleans, you know, you're watching people, victims, families, just being, you know, I was arm robbed, I, I, it, right. but it's the system. And at one point somebody took me aside and they're like, well, they're framing some guilty people because they know who did it. They, and I'm like, oh my God, it was just so traumatizing because, but, but to look at a system and say, well, it, and these were all poor people, obviously. They were all people of color. They were all crimes that nobody wrote about and, and they weren't news. So anyway, I'm making this all about me. But I mean, it's, I don't know, I'm torn between, I, I got to say, I'm not, I, I don't know, it's an opinion, but I'm not, I'm not convinced of innocence in this case. But the trial is, you just can't do that because they're going to do it to someone. I don't know. But but, right. but I don't know. I just yeah. say it's like the integrity of the whole thing just starts to dissolve when you. So the and and you guys had. I mean, I know you have a new DA now in New. Oh, you're not in New Orleans anymore. But I. But we we looked at that. Um, we I wondered why you didn't. I was like Cleveland is great, but I wondered if New Orleans was on that list. Maybe I can't remember honestly. I can't. I know that one of the places we looked at was Chicago mm. and um, Baltimore as well, and there was a few places, but. Uh, Cleveland was the, the 
Ohio in general and then Cleveland, they were so just like, come on in with your recorder. It's very hard to record in it is. a lot That's of courthouses. I don't know the rule. I can't remember if we looked into it in New Orleans, honestly, at the time. But but recently, actually, we looked into doing a, a story about Canizaro's, um, who's the, who was the DA in, in New Orleans. And boy, there was a lot. <laughs> crap happening in that office a lot it's a lot but gotta the ask fallout is still happening if i'm not mistaken it was a it was an era of uh incarceration and but what 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 was your reaction when you heard the news it didn't was it on your radar at all the the reversal i mean i um no i was shocked i was totally shocked i was just like the, the what the what now and the and the city states it because the last time we sort of like checked in it, it, this is a dumb technical thing but it was like the attorney general's office who was dealing with it and then suddenly it was like back in the city state's attorney's office which is like the local baltimore so i was just like what's happening and it's funny because now looking back i i knew they were they they had, were looking for post-conviction relief for a non through this new law in Maryland that says you can't, uh, if you were sentenced as a juvenile to life, um, uh, you, you, your case can be considered for um, some relief. Like maybe we'll shorten your sentence, maybe let you out, whatever. But like you, you can come back because just an acknowledgement that like we, we should not, we cannot be sentencing children to life in prison for crimes they committed when they were children. So, um, so I knew that that was underway and I knew he was kind of optimistic about that process. That is not, by the way, the mechanism through which he ends up getting out. That was just what kickstarted this prosecutor to then start like just reviewing. She thought of it as just like, well, let, her, let me see what the facts of the case are. Like what's, you know, what happened here? And then she was just like, wait, what? <laughs> this is weird and this is weird and why? And then she starts digging and then she used in fact a different law to file this motion but I so I knew that they were like looking at it and then it's funny because I would I get like periodic phone calls from a non very sparse over the last like year I would say and he was sort of telling me things that I wasn't putting like I they sounded significant but I couldn't put them together in a I didn't know why he was telling me or what it was and now I'm just like, oh, 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 I see. I see what was it's happening. It's a thicket I just, of it, law. It didn't come together for me at all until I saw. No, it's it's a thicket of law and procedure. And it's, it's, uh, well, but, it's just, and also it was like these like little drops of information that I was. Oh, like, and then he, like they didn't even make, I didn't even know they were connected to one another. Do you know what I mean? And then when I it. saw the motion to, to vacate, I was like, oh, I see what he was not saying, you know, wanting to say, but not saying. So, oh, okay. Yeah. Cause he couldn't. I didn't know. I didn't All right. know. I'm, I'm with, but um, I'm also someone who like, you know, my husband gave me a 50th birthday surprise party a few years ago. And I was so shocked. Like I, I, I couldn't compute what was that. And like <laughs> looking back, it was like the most obvious trail of crumbs that any normal person would have <laughs> <laughs> so like, to move the cars. Right. I know. Oh. So I was like, don't take my, I mean, I'm just maybe a dummy, you know. I'm like, I'm the same. I'm actually the same way. But I mean, a serial came out in 2014, right? Um, would there be a vacate a reversal? Would would he be free today if it hadn't been for serial? No, right? Um I, you know that's like a probably not 
hard to say. I don't know. I don't know. Who, who the hell knows? I mean, I think like what is undeniably true is that uh, one, after Serial came out, a ton of people, many of them very smart and capable and, and lawyerly, focused attention on this case and found out a bunch more, found a bunch more stuff that then helped get him back into court and, and stuff like that. I mean, whether or whether, you know, I guess it's also not impossible that had nothing happened, no one had ever looked at Adnan's case. I mean, it didn't get that much press at the time, you know, back when it happened in 2000. This, was, this wasn't like a big deal case anyone was like talking about when we took it up. So it's possible it just could have been nothing, 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 nothing. This new law to reconsider juvenile sentencing kicks into place. They engage a lawyer to like take it to the to the prosecutor's office, this particular prosecutor who used to be a defense attorney and is kind of defense-minded, took a look and this is the same result. I have no idea. Um, you know, I just have to I ask mean, because uh, people do get out. There's all kinds of appeals. After 30 years, they get, they'll, it, there's factual innocence, actual, uh, it's complex oh, right. in the federal appeal. It goes federal, even though it's state, anyway. But I mean, are, are there moments when you're just like, wow, we, we did this, we we put a spotlight on not just him, but on this issue. Are there times where you're just like, wow, this actually worked? I mean, this was journalism. It's funny. I mean, it's a it's people keep people keep saying this to me, like, congratulations, and this shows the power of journalism and 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 careful journalism and and like it's a win for journalism. And I say, thank you so much. You know, I say, thank you. Do I feel that? Not strongly. Um, I think I'm too cynical about the whole process. I, I, regarding my own work, I mean, especially in Cleveland to see how just broken the whole thing seemed to me. And then there were some concrete results from the reporting we did in Cleveland. Um, one thing happened right away, which was great. Um, they, uh, municipality changed its laws about marijuana, which is sounds small, but is actually really, really big for hundreds of people who get busted from having a little bit of weed. Um, so like that was gratifying and then, you know, and then they taught it in the law school there. And so that felt good. And then I just now like that horrible um, judge who we profiled is now up on charges um, in front of his, um, you know, judicial review, whatever they call it over there. Um, and based on some of the stuff we reported and, and it kicked off, I think, by what we report, just how public we made it. Um, so like there's been, some, but I, I just, I'm like, there's still the initial response it feels like from the system is always like well that's just entertainment they're mm. just looking for a sexy story that's not how we really you know we yes we you know sure you can if you if you scratch hard enough you can always find the you know the cracks but like we're basically the best system in the world and and we work hard. And, you know, it's always like that. Like the status quo is like, we're sort of, we're doing fine. Mm -hmm. Not everywhere, not everywhere. Um, and we're seeing like, right, more and more sort of 
progressive, the pro progressive prosecutor movement happening and there are reform people coming in, including in New Orleans. Yeah, but, Jason Williams, um, but, but yeah. he was a defense but, attorney for a long time. Yeah, right. And, and so I just like, I do believe in journalism. I really do. And that's why I keep doing it. Um, but I don't, I, I think it's dangerous to think like, oh, we if, just like, if we just shine a spotlight on it, it's like everyone will get upset and then, and then it'll change. I mean, <laughs> look at our world. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I agree. I, I was just, I just had to ask because I, I, I totally agree with you. And, um, and it's, and I guess when I think of it, we, we're talking about murder cases, homicide, but I think about the people, there are women doing life in Louisiana because of um, their sex workers or maybe drug addicts just asking an undercover, hey, do you want a blowjob for 20 bucks? And it's called crime against nature. And there, if you get three, you're in prison. That was way too much information. But like, uh, they're doing life over, you know, they didn't even do it. But I'm saying the solicitation or, or guys with weed are, I mean, yeah. it's just, it was really traumatizing. And, um, but, you know, but I learned, uh, I'm, I'm with you on the yeah it's it's it'll change here and there but it's one case and it's um and it's uh a lot but um you were yeah. you were such a great reporter during that and I was listening to it because I know you we worked together in, in New Hampshire isn't that crazy it sounds made up remember when we worked <laughs> at the Concord Monitor and and we lived in we lived in Concord New Hampshire which was great I remember it well. That I remember. I don't remember a lot of other things, but I do remember that. We were in this, we were these like kids at this little paper that acted like the New York Times. It was great. It was fun. Like we were, a bit, anyway, it was, it was an opportunity, but um, I don't know where I'm going with that, but uh, it's funny. We, I just had dinner with your and my old editor, Felice Bellman. Felice. Like two or three nights, two nights ago, maybe. Yeah. She's at the New York Times now. Deputy yes. Metro editor. I, I We're Facebook friends. Oh yeah, no, it's so great to see her. Yeah, it, no, she's amazing. She was the best boss ever. But you're you you're a reporter. Do you do you? Serial wasn't the first podcast, but it totally ushered in this true crime podcast, true crime stuff. Have you listened to some of these? They're just reading our old stories and making jokes. Like they're not reporting. Like Serial was very thoroughly reported. Do you, you don't listen to like my favorite murder? Do you? I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. I mean, they they cite. I mean, I'm just saying. I don't want to say anything unkind to anyone, but I just, you know, it's. It, it, here's what I will say. I, I and I've said this a, a lot because people ask me a lot about mm. true crime. I did not know I was making true crime when we made season one. Because I, I don't blame you. Was I didn't think about a genre it's not how I think about the world frankly like in any of the literature I consume or the movies I see or the, like I just don't not that I'm above it I just like don't I don't know I just never clocked into the whole like here's how here's how these kinds of stories are marketed or, or divided it just all seemed like I don't know stories so <laughs> I did what I know how to do um, with with Anand's case, and then I started seeing the true crime. And it's not like I never heard of true crime, obviously. Like I'm a person who lives in the world, but I 
I just never thought about it, what it was or what it meant or really anything about it. So then it was just like, well, you do true crime. And I was like, I don't. You don't, <laughs> yeah, you don't. And, and definition of true crime is that thing over there. I don't do that. You, you, if your definition of true crime is like thinking about what, how these systems work and like what we mean by justice and like, do we, do we give a shit that it's terrible and like, or, you know, or do we care if the person actually did the thing or didn't, you know, then sure. But I, so I, and if you, if you, if you've sort of tracked what we've done since then, mm -hmm. not only my podcast serial, but we have a production company called serial productions that's put out many other podcasts or some other podcasts. We're now part of the New York times. We're doing other podcasts that, I mean, I don't, it's not true crime what we're doing. Yeah, and, and, and so, even the like, priest through crime. Be like you birthed you, and I'm just like I don't think so. <laughs> but okay. Well, because so I, I was not an argument I'm gonna win, you know. No, because... but I, even the phrase "true crime" just makes my skin kind of. It's just, and I, I cover crime for a long time, and I guess I was talking more about process because, well, I was gonna tease you and be like, "It's your fault that we have two thousand comedy true crime. They're all women. It's they're making millions of dollars. They're and now they cite the sources, but in the beginning they were just reading shit out of the newspaper, and then they, one got in trouble. Yeah. Now they cite it, but they're 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 regurgitating our reporting, and and they are regurgitating because they're not they're not even getting that right, and they're making millions. And that's not a is that a that's not what you do. That's not what what I do. That's not what I do. I, what I will say is that is um, capitalism. And like, stop reminding me of reality. I don't know what to say about it. No, that is obviously not what I do. I and I think yeah. I think you know the other thing. I, I feel like I'm being very whiny in this in this conversation. I don't mean no. To I that. am. I feel like I'm being very kind of <laughs> giving you ridiculous paragraph long questions. But no, I guess no, I just wanted. I I I don't. Um, you know, there's this like a kind of lazy thing that gets said about cereal, which is just like, oh, it's, it's entertainment, it's, it's storytelling or whatever. And you're uh, like, it, we are reporters. It it's is reporting, interviewing, heavily shoe edited, leather. Heavily shoe leather. You know, we adhere to all norms and standards of ethical journalism. And so it is journalism. Yes, of course, we try to make it compelling because we want you to hear these stories. So yes, and maybe I I will absolutely, um, you know, uh, accept a criticism that like, well, maybe maybe it was like kind of too entertaining -y, or it felt too casual or something. The episode, you know, the first season, and and so like we we created that confusion. Um, like that's a fair conversation to have, um, but but the notion that it's not journalism, I'm always just like, I, in what world? Do we in what world? It's I don't think people don't know what we do. Sorry, I mean I, they they don't or what you do. I I guess I was just you know there's a whole world in America that has no idea what this American life is. So they oh, to them it's brand new that idea of because um, you you sound I think one thing that you were so people felt engaged with you because you were just talking like a normal person you're a journalist but you were sort of um the interviews were very uh I don't know I just think I think I think it's um amazing and I do congratulate you on everything and um and it's not your fault we have 2,000 comedy <laughs> you don't listen to these I, I listen to them because I'm, I'm why just, do you listen 
happened? I don't know. I'm just a sick person. Like I'm like, oh, another Ted Bundy. I have to hear this. And, <laughs> and the, the Dahmer thing. I watched the Jeffrey Dahmer thing on Netflix. Why? I don't know. I it's funny because like my husband it's is good, you know, but he's really into um any kind of scary anything. Zombies and horror and like, you know, whatever, apocalyptic, whatever. He loves it. I, like, but I, I, if I can't do it, like I don't have the constitution. So anyway, we watched um, two episodes of Dahmer, and I was so upset. <laughs> I was so upset by the first one, but I was just like, wait, why are they retelling? Like, what is this? What, what, what's the point of this? Like, why are we so steeped in the, the really horror, right? And it's so disturbing. And then the second one, I was like, oh, oh, I see. He's framing it in terms of race. Mm-hmm. yeah that story like, okay interesting yeah okay but like i can't watch anymore as soon as I no i mean i like, I, like see, okay, I, did watch it. I was like over and out i, I got like, stuck i get i get involved my friends were like please stop listening and watching this you're just like making yourself sick and and Dahmer did feel like i mean it's it's it was well done and the race story is the the story that never really got i mean it got out there, but i mean it was just the, no the it's really worthwhile I just can't do it. Like, personally. no, it's, I need, I need my therapist is like, what, what's going on? And I, I don't, I, so I'm part of the problem every, I mean, I am, I will listen to this stuff. It's not healthy, but that's what I do. Um, but no, I think also, do you know how famous you are? Like I do follow the world, but I, when I saw you on Stephen Colbert, that's when I was like, oh man, this is like, this is great. And then all these awards, but I mean, you were like in time magazine. I mean, you're, you, you always struck me as someone that you know, you don't seek the limelight. You don't, you're not on Twitter, right? You don't do social media. No, I'm not on social media. So lucky. It's awful. It's a choice, Gwen. You can make the same one. Not at my last job. I had to, oh, really? You had to? It's all, well, you socialize to get eyeballs and it's a, oh, it's, okay. But you find yourself in this, these, I call them sewers of, I told my boss once, I'm like, this Facebook page is a sewer. It's just uh, ugly troll, like, you know, so anyway, but, um, we, um, you know, for with, with season one, we had a Facebook page, I'm trying to remember now, we did not allow commenting for this very reason, because we were just and, like, this will be it, a disaster. I, I, the 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 cops and the one um the sheriff's office stopped letting comments because it was just getting i mean it was just anyway um and uh but I, before i'm gonna my zoom runs out of time <laughs> so i'm cheap uh we did work together and we were um what was i wanted to ask you about remember we went to jen's wedding and that we all went to that wedding and it was like the best wedding ever remember the van was, Pel- that, was that in maine no, in Concord. Remember Jen, Jen Van Pelt? She got. Oh, of course married. I remember Jen Van Pelt, but I'm just like, where? I don't remember the actual wedding wedding. No, it where was in it was in Concord. I can't remember the church, but I wore a dress from Ann Taylor. I looked remarkable. I and, think I remember there being a lot of angst about this dress. Well, and then there's a picture somewhere, and I, I, I don't, I wasn't gonna because you got famous. I wasn't gonna put like, you're in the background, and I'm like on this. I'm basically trying not to fall in heels. It's. But that was just um I remember her the party. I somehow can't remember the church. It was this the the greatest it was really fun. I don't usually like weddings because they're I don't know, it's just it's a lot of pomp. Yeah. For, I, um, I'm not a fan. I didn't have one myself. You didn't? You just we went, went we went to the courthouse. 
We went to this courthouse right here in Baltimore. And this awesome. Well, Anand just walked out of this. That's where I got married. Oh, okay, okay. And, yeah. and uh, but yeah, no, I just wanted to the I was gonna tease you about um because I tell every once in a while I'll go like, oh, I worked with her and we were friends for a little while, and people just go, Oh yeah, sure, you know. I was like, but I Do you tell people like I'm a normal person with like good manners and yes, <laughs> but I'm like because they're all there's some, especially the public radio friends, they're just like you know her I'm like yeah man like I, I used to do stuff and and uh, yeah you're totally a regular and that's why it was exciting to see you kind of get famous because I know it's not something you sought <laughs> and it was because of your work it is not and I'm not I, I have an ego like you know like, sure yeah but you're not on Instagram to get followed. yeah I don't um I I I know I'm sounding very like wimpy or something. It's just like it it causes me anxiety and knowing I negative the negative attention causes me a lot. I'm very thin skinned, I think. I am I, the worst. I need to get better about it, but like no, I will never be able to I'm like just please nobody, nobody. When people worst. say I'm thin skinned, because they'll write that after they insult me, and then I just fall to pieces. Like I'll never stop. <laughs> yeah. And people are like, you need to get a tougher skin. And I'm like, oh my feelings are inconvenient for you, but I, but no, seriously, I have a new job where it, it'll be a different approach to social media. It won't be so much, um, like, you know, I clicks and which what, you have to get clicks. What are you, are you doing like art stuff or what are you doing? No, I'm going to be the Florida Keys reporter for WLRN. Oh, so you're doing like news public radio. Yeah. Cause I was at the That's Miami Herald, right. but it's a different ball game cause it's public radio and it's not a click fest of which you need clicks. I can't. It just turns you into this child, turned me into this child where I'm like, well, how many clicks am I going to, because we had a report every week of like how many, oh it was God. stressful for me. And that's on me, but it, I, I would just, oh, I couldn't do it. I couldn't. Oh my God. I thought I was just going to, um, and that's on me, but I, you're kind of measured by, um, but no, and I tell people about the wedding and that's all. No, I, I name drop. No, I don't. I don't, I don't. <laughs> well, I hope it's gotten you something. I mean, oh, I, I think it gets me some attention, not really a, kind of the women I like they don't probably would never know what this American life <laughs> oh really you might be surprised <laughs> maybe maybe but but you started there and it's I I just tell people like the, it just couldn't have happened to a, a better person because you, you just you you work really hard that's what people don't get is that this is hard when I was listening to serial I was like oh my god they had to go there and they had to you know check all this stuff it's so much work it is a lot of work. It's it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work to the point where I'm constantly like, okay, I'm never doing that again. <laughs> I'll do it again. And then I'm like, okay, this has got to be the last one. I can't take it. I can't. I'm too old, you know. I'm too old. <laughs> we are in our 50s. I mean, remember no. when we were kids and we could write three stories a day and go out? No, no, <laughs> no. And do you remember how late I filed also? <laughs> Everything oh, I wrote was two times too long, and I'd turn it in at like 1030 at night. I don't know why I didn't get fired. I, I mean, you were good. I was, but I was quick, but I wasn't as good. I could, I was a. I mean, it, I could write and stuff, and I was, a, I was a pretty good reporter. I was a good, I was an okay reporter. I was fine. But um, no, just the like, uh, yeah, I don't know, the liberties that I uh, seem to take with the with the deadlines. I don't know how, how you weren't alone, but you sat me down and said like, we can't, we can't accommodate your slowness. It's, it's like, just so hard to get it. I write too much now. And anyway, but it, 
I don't know. Being a reporter, man, it's it's got its uh, you know, good sides, but it it's hard and nobody people don't get that. I'm like, you made a typo. And I'm like, okay, I did. <laughs> you got me. That well, that article you didn't pay for. About you? Yeah. Are you doing stand-up? I do. I do stand up um at Comedy QS. And I'm I did some last night in New Orleans. I'm I'm pretty good, Sarah. I'm funny. I want to see it so bad. Can I see it online? Yeah, I'm gonna do a YouTube, but there's I'm, I work a little blue. Uh, okay. Well, I yeah, I'll send you some. How can I see it? Well, we're gonna get a YouTube up and running. It's just you know gonna. I come to Florida. Can I see it? Yeah, I, I appear regularly in Key West, but I, I when I travel, I try to do a few minutes here and there. So. Bravest thing I ever heard. It's so much fun, but it's it's hard. But I mean, when you connect with the audience, it's just like the best. When did you start doing that? It's so cool. Like That's in the cool. end of 2016, this club formed, and these guys just were like, "We're gonna do comedy," and they they're so successful, and uh, we they get big names that come. I don't know who they are because I don't keep up, but yeah, I'm doing the stand up. So You're cool. funny. You're a funny person. Well, I'm not. I didn't do stand up. I know, but you are a, a witty, you're a witty person. So, you, okay, you're not listening to podcasts. What, do, do you still read books or do you have like a Kindle? <laughs> do you still read books? I do still read books. Good, good. Me do too. No, I don't. <laughs> I read on my, my iPad. I need a book that I can hold and I, I can't. I'm not it is nice to read. Okay, I can't do it. So I need a book at the end of the day. And I am finding, like, I think so, 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 so many of us, kids to oldies alike, that my attention span is pathetic. Like I'm, really I'm awful. Managed, um, over the years. So and ADHD. I reading helps me, like, spin it down. Unwind. Uh, maybe I'll try that. I was the last holdout. I was like, I'll never read a Kindle. And now I'm like, well, it's on. I don't like it, but I I, uh, I knuckle. But Sarah, you given me so much time today thank you for doing this this is uh this has really been a uh uh awesome to talk to you and uh yeah i'm so happy to talk to you and i get to see you a little bit yeah and i sent time. you the email and you just wrote back holy shit yeah i'll do <laughs> i was like will you do an interview <laughs> i was so happy to hear from you That's i was awesome. so happy to hear from you I but i am gonna you. yeah <laughs> but i'll uh i'll let you um I'll, I'll i'll keep up but thank you for for everything you do it's a it's a it's important and i know it it's a you know it doesn't feel but yeah it's important it matters journalism matters today so. I agree. I know. That note. I'm so glad you're going back to reporting. It's awesome. Yeah. But on that note, I will uh, let you go. <laughs> Thanks. Right. Bye, Thanks, Gwen. Thanks for listening to We're Not Finished podcast presented by the studios of key west the studios is a leading art institution in south florida it's located downtown at 533 eaton street for a list of events and more programming like this go to tskw.org